As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, church? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Eat a lot of food? One of our traditions is that uh, I, that's the only time of the year I'll make a pan of mom's cornbread and sage dressing. I only do it once a year because if I did it more, I'd gain about a thousand pounds. Gosh, it tastes good. <laughs> I love that dressing. But you know, there's something that tasted even better. And I thought about it all day. It was sort of a taste that I had. And it was this. It was you. It was your generosity in helping to provide 150 families with a meal for Thanksgiving. That was my food for the day. And... Uh, that was really good. Well, today is a very special day, as it is the last Sunday of the church year. And as always, it has to do with last things. Last things. I'd like to do something that I've never done before uh, today, and that's to provide you with an overview of what happens after physical death. Um, people are interested in that today. The near-death experiences is a big thing. People like to talk about near-death experiences. Why is that? Well, they want to know what's on the other side. They want to talk to somebody that's been on the other side, don't they? And then they want to know what it's like. Does it exist? And then what is it like? Did you know this? That several of the saints had near-death experiences as well. But here's the challenge. Near-death means near. That means you, you only go so far into the experience where life after death is for eternity. It's, it's eternal ever after. But, you know, near death is not that way. I'll take Lazarus, for example. He was dead for three days, and God said, you got to go back. Bernadette, St. Bernadette, she said she got to the gates of heaven. And the Lord said, it's not time for you. you got to go back. You know, well... What's the key? What's the game changer, you might call it, um, at this critical juncture in life? Well, it's physical death. When you die physically, things will never be the same. It really won't. A life as you know it changes dramatically, doesn't it? And here's why. You and I are made up of two components. A person or human being is made up of a body and a soul. And at the moment of conception, we get our body from our parents and our soul from God. That's the way it works. We're part of the creative creativity of working with God to create this beautiful person. But after we live a good life at death, the body is separated from the soul, where the body, as it is said, is laid to rest for a short while. I like how Paul describes, and Jesus did the same thing. Uh, he describes when the body's laid to rest as being asleep. That's what he called it. Because it's not the end. No, it's not the end. There's more, there's more to come. That's exactly for sure. Now, the soul is very different. The soul is very animated, and it comes from God. So rather than lie in wait, like the body does, the soul goes on to the destiny for which it has chosen. Two things that are important to remember. Destiny, your destiny, and choice. Your choice. Those are two critical things. And that destiny, I have to tell you, it does not include reincarnation. That's popular view today. 
but it's not part of Catholic theology. It doesn't exist in it. There's, no, there's not even a verse on it that talks about it. The only thing that we have that talks about life after death is what Paul wrote to the Hebrews in chapter 9. He said, for it is appointed unto men once to die. How many times is that? That's one, in it? And then after that comes the judgment. And uh, we just heard Jesus talk tremendously about the judgment, the great day of judgment, that day of uh, where we will all be judged for what we can do. Um, so really, a soul can only take one of two paths. One of two, that means for us as well. Now you have to remember too that purgatory, some people think, well, that's a third path. You know, purgatory is where I can go and get things straight, and then God will let me in. That's not what purgatory is. If you're going to purgatory, you're going to heaven. Purgatory is an intermediate. Stop. Well, what's it doing? It's preparing you to stand in the presence of a holy God. That's what it's doing. It's, that's what it is. Because to stand ultimately before God is a very challenging thing. So here's what's most important to remember so far that I've shared. And it's this. At physical death, when you die, your destiny is sealed. It's sealed, and it can't be changed. You got one of two choices, don't you? But we're not dead yet, are we? I don't think we are. Any of us in here, we're not yet. But uh, it's while you're alive, like right now, that you can choose your destiny. You can choose the direction that your destiny will take for eternity. And that direction is solely based upon one thing. Jesus said it today. The love of God, your love of God. That's what's going to determine your destiny. Think about it this way. I was doing a calculation this morning. If, if you can't choose in the 800,000 hours that you have on earth to love God, why would you choose to love God in heaven? Where all there is in heaven is God. You know, it's God to the max, isn't it? Well, you wouldn't. That's what Jesus was saying today, too. You know, it's a choice. You choose, and you choose now, and you've got plenty of time to decide, you know? Right down to the, to the last breath you breathe, you can decide. And that's a long time. So. Destiny is determined when we leave here, when we die physically. So what I want us to do now is I want us to follow the two paths of destiny. One of rejecting God, and the other one is loving God, and see where each path leads. The, per the first path is for those who reject God, who say, I don't love God, I don't want no part of God. Well, for that individual, at the time of physical death, the soul goes to a place that Jesus talked about called Hades. Uh, we know it more commonly as hell. Have you ever heard of hell? Well, that's what it is. See, hell is a place of waiting is what it is. And then an, another significant event takes place, and it's the second coming of Jesus. That's what we're celebrating today, folks, the second coming of Jesus. Next week, we'll be celebrating the first coming of Jesus. Do you see that? See how the church here follows the first and second coming of Jesus. But it's after the second coming of Jesus that the souls, we are told of those in hell, are rejoined with their bodies 
which have been laid to rest, although they're not the same as the bodies of those who will receive a glorified and a resurrected body. They experience different kinds of things. And then body and soul together, these persons are brought before what Jesus was talking about today, the time of general judgment. We also know that as the great white thong judgment. Have you ever heard of that? That's where Jesus stands and he, he judges. That's it. Now, but what's he judging? Our destiny's already determined. That's determined the moment we die. But how we're going to live out that destiny wherever we're headed is different. See, your actions, whether it be going to hell, whether it be going to heaven, your actions will determine the outcome of that, the level of suffering or joy that you will experience. Did you know that? Isn't that what he said today in the gospel reading? Well, of course it's what he said. Uh, it's your actions, and that's a good thing. It means that some will suffer less than more than others will. But uh, once this judgment, once the Lord has pronounced this judgment, these persons, along it says, as Jesus said it today, along with Satan and his demons, they are cast in what the scriptures describes as the, and he said this today too, the eternal lake of fire. You ever heard of it? The eternal lake of fire. Now, the eternal lake of fire gets its imagery from of all places, the garbage dump of Jerusalem. It's called, in Greek, it's called Gehenna. And in, the garbage dump is called the Valley of Hinnom. Do you see the, you get the resemblance there? Well, how did Jesus liken the eternal lake of fire to the garbage dump? Well, here's how. The garbage was always on fire. There was fire always burning at the garbage dump because there was garbage being thrown on it. And that's what he's trying to say. And he, what he's saying is this state will last forever. It won't go away. Now, that's why. That's pretty serious business, isn't it? I think it is. That's why uh, that Jesus, so often he spoke. If you look at the readings over the last few weeks, all we've been hearing is Jesus say, are you ready? Are you prepared. Jesus says, I'm going to come like a thief. You know, we, uh, Deacon Mark talked about the parable of the ten virgins. Are you ready? Because it's serious business. That's exactly right. Don't you agree with that Jesus has talked about it a lot in these past, past, past few weeks? Well, of course he has. Well, interesting as well is that God has allowed some of the saints to see a vision of hell. A vision of hell, what it looks like. Why would anybody, why would God have anybody get a vision of hell? Well, why would that be? Because you, once you see it, it's going to make you more zealous as an individual to encourage people to avoid it at all costs. I really like what St. Teresa of Avila, she, the Lord gave her the vision of hell, and she describes it quite vividly. But here's what she said after her vision of hell. She said this, it inspired, this vision inspired me with a fervent desire to, do, to reach out to the good of souls. 
for she says, I really believe that to deliver a single one of them from such dreadful torture, I would die many deaths. That's, that's how it moved her and her vision. Now, that's the first path. The second path to God is for those who love God. Now, what happens here? Well, it's sort of the same kind of routine in one sense. At, at the time of physical death, the soul goes to a place called heaven. But not before it stops on its way at purgatory. Purgatory is considered to be a place where our souls are purified so that we can see God as he is, as we heard in the reading today. But uh, I, I will give you a disclaimer. While it is rare, some do their purgatory on earth. Uh, I had a guy come up to me one time and he said that his wife was his purgatory. <laughs> that probably goes for the husbands too. <laughs> oh, he meant it too. No, but uh, what do we call people who go through purgatory here on earth? They're purified. Saints. That's what they're called. They're saints. They don't go to purgatory. Uh, that's exactly what it is. See, heaven is, but whenever you get there, heaven is a place of waiting. That's, that's a different concept that you may realize. But heaven is a place of waiting because it's not over with. But the nice thing about it is we will see God, we'll see angels, and we'll see our loved ones there. But then comes the second coming of Jesus. And the souls of those in heaven, it says, will go with Jesus when the Father turns to Jesus, says, it's time to bring my children home. And they will, says they will be caught up in the air, and the souls of the faithful will be rejoined with their resurrected body, a glorified body, just as the Lord glorified through the Holy Spirit, Jesus's body as well. And the two are joined together. And then these persons, like the other persons, will stand before God, before Jesus, that is, at what's called the great white throne judgment. Now, what's your reward? Jesus talks about, Matthew 6 is really good about talking about rewards in heaven, stuff like that, seek reward. What's the reward? What is somebody whose actions have epitomized loving God a lot more than someone who hasn't? What's the reward? Well, the saints really give us insight into this. It determines the closeness you will have with God. You always see levels in heaven, don't you? There's levels. Well, what makes it different? Your closeness, how close you will be to God. And what a wonder, that, what, an, uh, what an inspiration <laughs> to do good in the world because the more good you do in the world in the name of Christ, the greater, the closer you will be to God throughout all of eternity. That's pretty important, isn't it? And then after this judgment, then comes what's called the final plague. We're told by Peter that heaven and earth are destroyed by fire, meaning this place will burn like a cinder one day. And then there's a new heaven, and there's a new earth that are created. John saw that. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And upon this new earth, God places his new city, which is called the New Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You know what that means? 
city of peace. That's what the new city of peace is going to be. And it's massive. It's gigantic. And God also allowed some of the saints to see what heaven would look like. Why? Why would he allow that? He did it in order to assist them in finding the strength to go on and completing the mission that God had given them in his life. To do the will of the Father. That's exactly what it does. Because sometimes doing the will of the Father can include a lot of suffering, doesn't it? I like how the martyr Thomas More, St. Thomas More, he, he really went through the mill. I like how he put it after his vision, after God took him to heaven, let him see heaven. He said, earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Isn't that beautiful? Earth has no sorrow. No matter what you deal with on earth, that heaven can't heal because... We're anticipating, we're anticipating what God has in store for us. So I close by saying that what I've presented to you this morning is not purely for the sake of your personal edification, but it is for you to use, this knowledge is for you to use as the Holy Scriptures and as the church intended it. And it's this, two things, to take action to share Jesus with others in order that they may be spared from the pains of hell. And the second is to find great personal strength and encouragement in knowing that no matter what you go through in this life, heaven awaits you. God bless all of you. I love you.